0: On the words Ruvein, Bechoyri, Atta, etc., Yeser Sa'is, V'yeser, Yeser Oz, Pachas Kamayim Altoisar, which means Yaakov is telling Ruvein, you should have really been superior in rank and superior in power, etc. Rashi explains, Yeser says you were deserving, you were fit to be superior to your brothers. In kohuna, meaning that you should have Koyanim coming out of you, the word Ace over here is from the same word as Nesiyus Kapayim, as Duchenim, so you should have been the ones to have Koyanim coming from you. The Yes or Oz, you should have been the one having more power, power as in Malchus, as in kings coming out of you. What caused you to lose all of these special advantages? As the Possek says further, Pachas Kamayim. Pachas means the haste, the confusion, the fact that you rush to show your anger, which as Rashi goes further and explains, this is referring to the time when Reuven moved Yaakov's bed from Bilah's tent into Leah's tent. This is why Al-Toysar, as the posse goes further and says, you're not going to have all of these extra benefits that you really were deserving to have. Now the Targum translates the possek that really Ruuvin was deserving to have three portions. Bechoira to have the birthright, Kohuna to have Koyanim coming out of him, and, and to have kingship coming out of him. And all of these were not given to him. And this is actually the way the Tanchuma and the Beresh Rabbah put it as well. So we need to understand. Since the Pasek does mention the idea of Bechoirah, Reuven Bechoiriyata, why is it that Rashi learns that the words al that he's not going to get those advantages, is only referring to the words Yeser Se'es ve Yeser Oz, which as Rashi explains refers to Kohuna and Malchus. Why does it not refer to the idea that ruuvein Bechoiriyata, which says in the beginning of the Pasek that Ru'uvain really is the Bechoir, and in fact, the reason why the the reason why he's deserving to and malchus is because he is the Bukhair. So why is it that Rashi omits mentioning this point that he loses also the birthright, the bechayer? Says that Rebbe, we cannot say that according to Rashi, pshutay Shomikra, mikra, the bechayer is not taken away from ruuvein because there is a clear pasuk in Divrei Hayamim where the pasuk says uveneiru uvein Yisrael, etc. And the pasuk goes on, aviv, because he defiled the bed of his father, nitna the b'choyra was given to the children of Yosef, and so on. Furthermore, not only is this a pasuk elsewhere, Rashi himself, a few psukim back, explains, according to one of the Pirushim and Rashi there, on the word Shem Achad, where Yaakov is telling Yosef, what he's giving him, Rashi explains, Shem means one portion, What I'm giving you an additional portion, over the other brothers, this is referring to the Bechoyer, to the birthright, that the children of Yosef, are going to get a double portion, they're going to get two portions, there's going to be two Shvatim, coming from Yosef. Even earlier, in Pasha's Vayishlach, Rashi explained, on the words Bechoyer Yaakov, that, B'chayer Ruuvein was meant to be is the b'chayer leNachla for getting an inheritance. He's a b'chayer laAvoyde the b'chayer for serving in the base of Mikdash. B'chayer leMinyan a b'chayer and when they when the Yidden are counted, Ruuvein is counted first. And Bechoirah was only given to Yosef, only as far as the matter of the Shvatim, that it turns into two Shvatim. But in other words, what we see over here is that at least to a certain extent, as far as Bechoirah is, as far as the Shvatim are concerned, the Bechoirah is taken away from Reuven. Again, because of the same story, as Rashi explains over there. Because of the story of Reuven moving the bed of Yaakov, and was given to Yosef, so therefore, we're back to the question, why does Rashi over here not learn that the Bechoyer is also taken away from him because of this story? Why only Kohuno and Malchus? So it Rebbe, seemingly, we can explain it from the diuk of the posik itself. The posik says, Al-Toysar, you're not going to get certain benefits. And the posik is set, using this term, Al-Toysar, so therefore, it's coming to tell us that what is Ruuvein losing? The things that the Possek specifically in, the, in this Possek refers to as things in a similar expression as yes, as toisar, these yeseris, these extra advantages that Ruuvein would have. Which which what are the things mentioned in the Possek Yeser seis, the yeser os, which is Kuhun and malchus, as we explained earlier. So, in other words, when the pasuk says al it's specifically explaining it, referring to the words that the Torah used regarding Ruvain, that he should have had yeser seis and yeser oz, which is Kun and malchus, and that's what he's going to lose because of pachas kamayim, because of his haste in moving the beds, etc. As opposed to the idea of Bukhoira, which in our pasuk we don't find that being termed with this expression yeser and therefore we also don't apply the words altois, so that you're not going to get these advantages, this is not included, and that's why Rashi doesn't mention it. Says the Rebbe, okay, very nice, this is only a proof from the wording of the possek what the possek is referring to, that here we're not speaking about the fact that Reuven loses the Bechoyra. But the question still remains on the actual idea itself, in other words, on the possek itself. Why in fact is Bechoyra different to Kohuna and Malchus, that the pasuk is only telling us about ruuvein losing the kohen and malchus and not regarding the idea of losing the b'chayra again losing it at least as far as the idea of getting two shvatim coming out of him. The rebbe now moves on to another pasuk regarding Yehuda. The pasuk says Gur Arya Yehuda, so Yehuda is compared to a young lion. Miteref beni Miteref means from prey or devouring you have ascended, B'ni, my son will soon see where this refers to, so Rashi explains, "Me from what I, Yaakov, had suspected you, in Toref, Toref, Yosef, I suspected you, that when Yaakov was told that a wild beast had consumed Yosef, Yaakov was actually suspecting that the Shvotim had killed him, and more particularly that Yehuda had killed him, Referring to Yehuda, because Yehuda is re- compared to a lion, as we're just saying over here, Gur Arya Yehuda, Yehuda is compared to a lion. So Yaakov suspected that Yehuda had killed Yosef. So Mitera, from this devouring, B'ni al my son, you have descended. You have, you have ascended. See si Lakta, Atzmuchah, atzmuch, you removed yourself. In other words, you didn't actually kill him, you actually caused that Yosef should be saved. You're the one that said, Ma Betzah, what are we going to gain by killing Yosef, etc.? So instead of Yehuda being the one that killed Yosef, Yaakov is saying, Yehuda, you're actually the one that saved Yosef. Then Rashi goes on and says, Vachain Ba'arigas Tomer, so too, when it came that Tomer was nearly killed. Again, Yehuda saved her because he admitted and he said, Sod that she is the one that is right, and so on. So we need to understand. From the fact that Rashi adds the words, baharigas tamar, that so too, Yehuda ended up saving Tamar. In other words, he had removed himself or uh, elevated himself from causing that Tamar should be killed. And he, does, he only mentions it over here on these words, on B'ni Olisa, not on the words M'Taref. So again, the Pasek said, M'Taref B'ni Olisa. But Rashi says this whole business with Tamar only on the words B'ni Olisa. It seems to be implying that the words of the Chein Baharigas Tomor is not referring to the word miteref. In other words, devouring or killing. And that would be that you also removed yourself from killing Tamar. That's the way the Medrush understands it. That the word miteref means from killing Tamar, But rather, Rashi seems to be understanding it from the word B'ni alisa. you have ascended. In other words, alisa means you have ascended, you have removed yourself from, first of all, killing Yosef as well as from causing Tamar's death. So the question is, since the words B'ni Olesa, M'Taref B'ni, olisa, b'ni olisa is directly coming in continuation to the word M'Taref, how could you possibly separate and say that the word M'Taref refers to one thing, to Taref of Yosef, removing himself from killing Yosef. And B'ni olisa, the very next words, is referring to two things, the killing of Yosef as well as Tamar. Another thing says that Rebbe we don't understand is, why in or Mikra is there any necessity at all to say that the word Ali here, that Yehuda is elevating himself or removing himself from a certain murder, why do we have to say that this Yaakov has in mind over here not only the story with Yosef, but also the story with Tamar? Now Rashi does not say, as we mentioned before from Medrash, the Medrash speaks about this, but according to the Medrash, these are two different pirushim. Rashi seems to just be saying it in one flow. He says, V'chein Tamar, that the same thing is true by Tamar. So the question is, why? How do we see from this Pasek that Tamar is included in this as well? Now, regarding the first question, which was, how could we separate from it? refers to the idea just of Yosef. And B'ni Yolisa is going to refer to Yosef and Tamar says the Rebbe, we can answer as follows. Rashi actually means that Miterif also refers to both Yosef and Tomor. When it said Miterif from a murder, from devouring someone, it did refer to Yosef and Tomor. The fact that Rashi is only saying it after Beni after he explains Beni he says so too, besides Yosef, he also elevated himself from Harigas Tomor, is in order to explain to us how the word Miterif, can even be referring to Tamar. In other words, yes, Miteref is going to refer to Tamar, but how do, How could it refer to Tamar? Why not? So the Rebbe says like this, the way we look at the words Miteref Beni alisa, there's actually two different ways of punctuating these words. There's two different ways to understand what where the word b'ni belongs. Do we read it as miterev bini, comma, and then alisa, in other words, from devouring my son Yosef, you, Yehuda, had removed yourself, you have elevated yourself. Another way of understanding the word B'ni is, that B'ni goes together with Alisa. Mi teref, from the idea of killing, of murder, B'ni Alisa, you, my son Yehuda, you have elevated yourself. Now, if we translate it the first way, Mi teref from killing my son, Yosef, Alisa, you have ascended Yehuda, so then we definitely cannot say that this refers to Tamar. Because referring to the killing miteref Bini from killing my son, which is Yosef, definitely cannot refer to Tamar. In order for Rashi to be able to tell us that this posse can be referring to Tamar as well, this is why before Rashi mentions Tamar, he first has to explain to us the word b'ni olisa and tell us that the words b'ni olisa go together. So first is miterev, and then Rashi is telling us in a separate dibura Maschil, and as he quotes both words together in the dibura Maschil, he says, B'ni alisa. Now the word B'ni really wouldn't even be so relevant over here because all we're trying to say is what alisa means. That you had removed yourself from a certain murder. Why is the word B'ni even important over here? But Rashi is trying to tell us that the word B'ni Olisa goes together. And only once we understand that Miterif is separate from a murder, B'ni Olisa my son Yehuda, you have elevated yourself, now we could say, ah, oh. so now we can include two things, because Yehuda saved both Yosef, as well as Tamar. Now, what's Rashi's proof, that B'ni and Lisa go together, that it can't be, me Terev B'ni, from killing my son Yosef, have you, Yehuda, elevated yourself? Because remember, Yaakov is trying to, praise Yehuda over here, we're about to say, that as a result of this, he's going to get Malchus, and so on and so forth. Now, if the word b'ni would have not said here at all, we would also understand that it refers to Yosef. Me teref, from murder, from devouring Yosef. Alisa, you have elevated yourself. We would know teref refers to Yosef because that's the expression that we find earlier in the story of Yosef, of teref, 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 et etc. So now when we're adding in the word b'ni, we're coming to emphasize the word b'ni, that wouldn't add any praise to Yehuda. In fact... On the contrary, if anything, it would be it's taken away in a certain sense. You might say the only reason why Yehuda did anything to save someone is because it's Yaakov's son, Alisa, because it was Yaakov's son. That's why Yehuda went ahead and saved him. That's why Rashi is more comfortable in Pshutishol Mikra to say the second way. We're trying to give Yehuda a compliment, Miteriv from killing anyone, which could include Tamar as well. B'ni, my son Yehuda, you have elevated yourself. So now at least we understand that the word, that B'ni or Lisa can include Tamar as well. But the question still remains, yes, it can refer to Tamar, but what's forcing Rashi to say that Miterif is referring to two stories, both Yosef and Tamar, especially that the word toiruf and Teref we don't find by Tamar. In order to explain all of this, the Rebbe now addresses a general question in the whole story. And that is, Malchus is taken away from Ruvain and given to Yehuda. The Pasek says in Divrei Ayamim, Ki Yehuda govar be'echav mimenu. That Yehuda ends up prevailing over his brothers and he becomes the prince. His Princes are going to be coming from him. Now Yaakov, this is what Yaakov means when he says the words Gur Arya Yehuda. He's going to be the lion. He's taking over, etc., etc. Et Rashi, in fact, explains clearly that this is the idea of Malchus, which is being given to David and Shloima, etc. The reason why it's being given to Yehuda, the pasuk says itself, the bracha says itself, lisa because of this story of saving Yosef, and as Rashi says, also oh, Tamar. And as Rashi concludes his Pirush on these words, after saying, he says, therefore, 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 it is going to be all these ideas which refer to David and Shloimeh, etc. So the question is, this special quality of Yehuda, that he had removed himself from this murder, from the fact that Yaakov had suspected him in killing Yosef, and, and rather and, and rather he went ahead and he saved him by saying, Ma Betza, what are we going to gain by killing him? We may as well sell him, etc. This idea, this very idea of saving Yosef, we have by Ruven as well. The pasuk tells us in partial Yeshiv that Reuvain is the one that said, Loina Kenu Nefesh, let's not kill him. So just like Yehuda tried kill uh, saving Yosef, Yehuda it, Just like Yehuda tried saving Yosef, Reuven tried saving Yosef. Also, the special quality of Yehuda that we mentioned, that he went ahead and as a result of him admitting by the story of Tamar and saying, Tzadkam Imeni. So, now, Tamar was saved, but this idea of Yehuda admitting and doing tshuva, again, we also find by Ruluvein admitting and doing tshuva for what he had done wrong, for this very story that we mentioned before of Hilalta Yitzui, Allah of moving the bed of his father. As Rashi explains in Pasha's Vayeshev that during the sale of Yosef, Yehuda is not there. Why? Because he was busy putting on sackcloth and fasting because of the story of moving his father's bed. In fact, says the Rebbe, in both of these stories, seemingly Reuven comes out at a much greater advantage than Yehuda. Both in the saving of Yosef and in the story with Tamar, and the tshuva for this, for, for that Yehuda and Reuven both did. So first of all, the fact that Yehuda saves Yosef from being killed was not with the intention of bringing him back to his father. Rather, he wants to sell him now to these Yishmaelim, to the Arabs. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, especially, Yehuda actually had the ability to bring Yosef back to his father if he wanted. As Rashi says, that the shvotim tell him, If you would have told him to us to return him to our father, we would have listened to you. Number two, says the Rebbe, When Yehuda says, what are we going to gain? Ma beta, Rashi says this means, ma mama. what money are we going to gain out of all of this? That means the fact that he does not allow Yosef to be killed is because they're not going to gain any money out of it. And this is why he says, let's instead go and sell him to the Yishma'elim. So we're going to be able to earn money. So this is all with Yehuda. Where is Reuven? He actually wanted to return him to Yaakov, to completely save him, as the Apostle says clearly, that he said this, in other words, to put him into the pit, etc. He said this in order, because he wanted to come back and save him, to bring him back to his father. Now let's look at the story, where Yehudai admits what he has done wrong, in the story of Tamar. So first of all, it's only a once off, one time, one sentence, he says, she was right. She is justified. More importantly, in his case, it was it was obviously needed that he should say this because if not, if he's not going to admit, he's going to cause that tumor should be killed and the two fetuses that are are within her, the two children she's about to give birth to. So it's obvious that Yehuda had to admit. But now let's look at Ruuvein. Ruuvein's tshuva is not a one sentence, a one off chuva. It's for many, many years that he's continuing to do tshuva. The Rebbe makes the calculation that Machirus Yosef is approximately nine years after the story of Ru'uvain moving the beds. And for nine years he's doing tshuva. Now, what kind of tshuva he's doing, is he doing? He's involved with his sackcloth, with his fasting. And furthermore, the Rebbe says this idea that Yehuda moved the beds can definitely not be compared that he's doing tshuva on something so serious as what Yehuda was should have been doing true before for nearly killing someone. The Rebbe explains that, as Rashi says, Reuven did this because he was coming to demand and to claim for the honor of his mother that was being disgraced. In other words, he's doing it for Kibodeim. In fact, it's not even considered as a sin, as Rashi says, that Reuven is still called Bechoir at the time to teach us that are all tzaddikim, they're all equal, to teach us that Reuven did not sin, and therefore he's being called a Bechoir even during the story. And yet Ruvin is doing tshuva and doing so much tshuva. So in other words, again, if we speak about the idea that Yehuda, he came and saved Yosef and he saved Tamar, seemingly, in both of these areas, Ruvin comes out so much higher than Reuven. Ruvin comes out so much higher than Yehuda. So how can we say that this is a reason why Yehuda deserves Malchus more than Ruving Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand all of this by first looking at Yaakov's words to Reuven, where he says, Pachas kamayim, because you were hasty as water, al you're not going to get all of these advantages. As Rashi explains, Bigaram l'cholah hafsid kaleila, what caused you to lose all of these things? Pachas kamayim, ha-pachas this shock, this confusion, this rushing, that you were, were hasty to show your anger, This is why you're not going to get these special advantages. And then as Rashi goes on to explain, what was this rush where he showed his anger, was in this story with with his father's beds. From Rashi's wording it's understood that the reason why Ruuvein is losing these special qualities is not the actual story of moving Yaakov's bed. Rather, Pachas Kamayim, the haste that he showed to, to rush to show his anger. The only thing is, of course, the context in which it happened was in this particular story's, a story of Elisa Mishkevei Avichov moving the father's bed, etc. In other words, from the fact that Yaakov prefaces these words, and he emphasizes specifically this problem of Pachas Kamayim, Rashi learns out that in the wor- in the story of Bilbul Yitzuei Aviv, there's actually two things going on. There's the actual act that Reuven did, and then there's the fact that he acted in this haste to show his anger. For each one of these two things, there is an individual and a specific punishment. For the fact that he moved his father's bed, Bechayro was taken away from him to a certain extent, at least as we said before, to the concept that he doesn't have two shvatim coming out of him. As it says clearly in Divrei Ayamim, the Pasuk we quoted, or quoted earlier, Because he defiled his father's bed, Nitna b'chayra so his b'chayra, was given to someone else. And as Rashi brings, in Pashas Vayishlach we quoted before, that 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 element of Bukhoira was given to Yosef. But then there's what our Pasek is speaking about. As a result of the Pachas Kamayim, that he's showing his anger quickly, Al-Toysar is not going to get these specific advantages that we're talking about in our Pasek, the Kohuna and Malchus. Why is that? What's the explanation? Says the Rebbe, the difference between Kohuna and Malchus and the idea of Bukhoira is that the mailois of Kohuna and Malchus are specifically expressed, specifically in our context, it's mainly in relation to other people. In other words, how you are dealing with other people. The idea of a melech, as the Apostol says, and we'll go out in front of them, we'll lead them, and so on and so forth, take care of all the needs of the people of the country, of the, of the city, etc., etc., and as Rashi also explains right over here on the words Gurari Yehuda on the word Gur, Rashi says it means how mighty Yisrael, the one that takes the Eden out, takes them in on Kara Rovats again the pasuk referring to Yehuda ishtachas gafna, he's making sure everyone is comfortable under their grapevines and so on and so forth. So the whole idea of a melech is to care, take care of his people, Kohuna in a similar way. One of the main ideas of Kohona, as Rashi says right over here, on the words yeser tsaes, so he says it's in the word nesiyuz kapayim, the idea of that's thats benching yidin. Kohonim are also the ones that need to teach the yidn, the halachas and the dini ha as the Apostle says, la you'll come to the Koinim in your time and they'll tell you the laws. Al you need to be acting according to the law that they're going to tell you. So that's all Kohuna and Malchus. What about B'choyra? B'choyra is mainly a quality that's a relation to the Bechoyer himself. In other words, because he is standing on a certain high level, a certain high position, he is going to be getting double inheritance, but it's nothing to do with anybody else. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand these two details that we explained that happen as a result of what Uvein did. As a result of Pachas Kamayim, that he acted in a hasty way to show his anger, that as soon as he thinks, and he decides that the bed of his father should be in the tent of Leah. He immediately gets angry. He's expressed, this is applying to someone else. And he's immediately doing an act, showing his anger quickly, immediately moving his father's beds, again, impacting someone else. This, says the Rebbe, is a conduct that's in opposition of being taken, being concerned for the benefit of someone else. And this is why the punishment is mida kemeged mida. he's losing out kuhuna and malchus. As opposed to the actual act itself of moving his father's bed, in other words, not that rush and the haste, showing his anger immediately and all of that, the actual fact that he, in his mind, thought that this is the correct thing to do, shows that he had a certain mistaken calculation in the way in his way of thinking because of kibbut aim. He's saying, why should the maidservant of my mother? Take be instead of uh, uh, the maidservant of my mother's sister, that's Rachel's Ruchel, maidservant, Bilah why should she be instead of my mother Leah? So he decides the bed of Yaakov should be moved to Leah's tent. So in other words, this is more a mistake or a mess up in within himself in his own sort of way of thinking and calculation. Therefore, in a similar way to this, he loses that Mila, that important quality that's related to himself, which is the idea of Bechir. The Rebbe says... Based on this, we're also going to understand a very, very fundamental chilog that according to Rashi and Pshut Mikra, the Rebbe says, we find something very interesting. The general idea of Bechoirah was actually not taken away from Ruuvein; He still remains the Bechoir as far as taking a double portion in inheritance and so on. In other words, what was taken away from him was only a certain aspect. As far as the Shvatim are concerned, he doesn't have two Shvatim coming from him. So that's in regards to Bechayr, that only a certain amount was taken away from him. But Kahuna and Malchus, he loses completely. Because the Rebbe explains, since we just said that the actual moving of the beds itself maybe is not as severe, as serious, because Reuven's intention was trying to put in a demand, a claim for the, for the humil- humiliation of his mother. And as Rashi says, we said before, Reuven didn't even sin. Even while he's messing up, he's being called Bechayr. And he also has a very major tshuva for this. We said he's involved in sackcloth fasting for many, many years. Therefore, only a certain element of the b'chayra is taken away from him. Again, as opposed to the k'unah and malchus, which are taken away completely. Says the Rebbe, now we can start understanding why it goes over to Yehuda. Why malchus is going over to Yehuda because of saving Yosef. And the story with Tamar, miterev ben olisah even though we said before the Ruuvein seemingly had a much greater my law over Yehuda, So the Rebbe says the difference in the way Meitaref Ben O'lisa, the way Yehuda goes about saving Yosef and Ruuvein. So the Rebbe says, let's have a look what ends up being the result in both cases. As far as the person being saved, the other person, what benefit is the other person having from your efforts? Yehuda says, Ma betza. What gain are we going to have? What's the end result? He ends up saving Yosef from, Yehuda says, what benefit are we going to have if we kill him? So he ends up being saved from not being killed. And he's taken out of the pit that was filled with snakes and scorpions. So that's in the story of Yosef. But practically, Yosef ends up being saved because of Yehuda. And in the story of Tamar, when he says, that yes, Tamar is the one that's righteous, etc. Tamar ends up being saved from being burnt. What about by Reuven? Yes, on the one hand, his tshuva and his intentions were much greater than Yehuda's. But that's again only as far as Milo's qualities within him himself, but not as far as practically saving and doing somebody else a favor. So he comes along, Reuven says, Kenu Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into this pit. And the Torah says clearly he had very good intentions in order to save him from their hands, in order to return him to his father. So that's his intentions as far as he, as far as his own greatness. Yes, he's very great. But practically, what did Yosef benefit out of all of this? He didn't. Now he wasn't saved. First of all, from dying as a result of starvation. Rather, Yad al-Tishluchu by says, let's just not kill him, we'll just put him into this pit, but he could still die from starvation. Furthermore, we said that the pit was filled with snakes and scorpions. So practically, Yosef was not even saved as a result of all of this. Even though Pshut of course, we could say Ruvin didn't know that this was the danger of the pit, and therefore he's not at fault, but practically, Yosef, as a result of what Ruvin said, Yosef didn't leave his Sakana, and he was in danger. So too, when it comes to the tshuva of Ruvin. Reuven is involved in his sackcloth and his fasting because he moved his father's bed. But again, this is not something that impacted and helped somebody else. Furthermore, if Reuven would have not been involved in his sackcloth and his fasting during the time of the sale of Yosef, which he missed because of his own tshuva, so possibly he would have found some way to save Yosef, just like he influenced them earlier not to actually kill him. Maybe he would have managed somehow to bring Yosef back to his father. It's specifically because he's involved with his own great things, great things of tshuva, sackcloth and fasting. But at the end of the day, he's just involved with himself. That it ends up being that as a result of this, Yosef is sold. And therefore, when we look at the story of Mittereth Beni Olisa, that Yehuda ends up saving Yosef, and and also putting himself out and admitting. In the story of Tamar, in both of these cases, it's something that practically goes ahead and practically ends up having a benefit in saving somebody else. This is the proof that he is deserving of Malchus, which as we explained before, Malchus is about helping other people, as opposed to the ruvein, As opposed to that notwithstanding how great his chuvah was and how great character he was, and all of that, that's still all mindless in regards to himself, that he is deserving. Bechayra, yes, generally it's true. But not Roy Lemelucha, not Roy to be a king. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand simply why Rashi is, as explains me, Tara of Alisa so he includes both things, Mechiros Yosef and Maeser Toma, which we asked before, seemingly, why do we even have to say that the Apostle is hinting to the story of Tamar over here? So the Rebbe says, Yaakov is trying to bring out the Milo of Yehuda compared to the Ruven. And this is why he is going to be giving the, the mulukha, gur Arya, yehuda, etc. He's going to be given the mulukha instead of Reuven. Now, since in regards to Reuven we find two very, very special things that he did. He wanted to save Yosef, and for so many years he was involved in this chuvah for moving his father's bed. Therefore, it makes sense to say that when we're speaking about yehuda, we want to bring out his advantage in both of these areas. And therefore Rashi mentions both the story of saving Yosef and the story of the tshuva and the saving of Tamar. Says the Rebbe, the Hoyro of all of this is very, very simply understood. A Yid could never suffice by just taking care of his own shlamus his own perfection. He needs to be involved in Avas Yisroel. You need to be involved in doing a favor for another Yid. Furthermore, Avas Yisroel is this is the whole Torah. So even if perhaps maybe you you're, might not be on such a high level as somebody else that's completely involved in trying to gain higher levels for himself. But if you're involved in the benefit, for, the favor of another yid, this is really connected now with kolat teirakula. Furthermore, says the neighbor, let's have a re- look at the results of Reuven's conduct and Yehuda's. As a result of Reuven being involved in, his, in all of his great levels of tshuva, sakavatan nisoi. But what it ends up enabling is Mechiras Yosef and then Golos Mitzrayim which is the source for all the other Goliaths. On the other hand, Yehuda, who says, And he saves Tamar. So even though it's nowhere close to the level of Tshuva of Reuven, but nevertheless as a result of this, now the whole Geula is dependent on this, the Geula out of Golos. Because as a result of this, Tomerson, son, Yehuda and Tomar's son, Peretz is born. From whom Malchus based David comes, all the way till Melech HaMashiach, who's called Allah HaPoyritz Lefaneim, etc. Who's the last redeemer, the one who will break the boundaries of golus And will bring the Geula, HoAmitiz Vashleim HaBakarev Mamash.